Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hi, Guyana. It's so nice to meet you today and chat with you. Um, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Well, we can start off. Maybe I'd love to have you introduce yourself to all the listeners today, a little bit about you, your practice, your specialties. Yeah. So my name is Guyana Araman. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I see clients in person at my office in Sherman Oaks, as well as virtually throughout California. Um, I work with, I've always worked, I've always loved working with women, um, but since becoming a mom three years ago, I started, first of all, I went through my own thing and realized how much I didn't know about. And so I became really passionate about helping moms. And so I became trained in perinatal mental health. Um, And so I kind of, you know, I specialize in working with pregnancy, postpartum, as well as couples therapy. That's also a big, big passion of mine. Fantastic. I love that. And yeah, I can uh, resonate with that experience a bit too of like, oh, hey, this is what I was passionate about beginning. And then when we, you know, began our journey of like growing our family, I became so much more passionate about working with uh, perinatal mental health and and all of the stuff connected to that. So yeah, um, it's fun to hear your experience with that too. Um, Well, yeah, so I know you obviously specialize in those things and I'm sure have a lot of great info to share with our listeners today about um, when individuals or couples are in that contemplative phase, whether it be wanting to have their first kiddo or wanting to add to their family if they already have kids. And so um, today we'll, we'll chat and kind of learn about what you have worked with in your um, women that you've worked with and couples that you've worked with and what you have found helpful. So kind of the first question I have for you is when someone is starting to think about either having their first kiddo or adding to their family what are some things that you think individuals and couples can kind of hold space for or think about? What What are some things that might be helpful when they're just in that contemplative phase about it? One of the things that I think is important to consider is why now? Yeah. Which is a question that a lot of people don't think about because there's totally. this timeline, right? Like you get engaged, you get married, and then you have a baby. Right. And yep. so I asked that question a lot, and I'm not going to take credit for this. It was my therapist who asked me that question, <laughs> yeah, and I learned from question. her. a good question, And she was like, why now? And I, that question threw me off so much because I didn't right. even know why now. Yes. Um, and, and I really didn't feel ready until I learned my why. Yes. So I think so that's powerful. a very important question to ask of why now. Is it because... And what, what's interesting is as I ask that question with my clients, we learn that it's not even about, oh, you know, we are in this place, we love each other, we have a good foundation, right. and having this baby will be a bonus to our family dynamic. Yeah. Sometimes what I hear is, 
it might fill a void, which I think that's where a lot of work needs to be done because a baby yeah. will not add, will, will not fill a void. Yeah. I mean, totally. maybe it might, but not in a healthy way. Right. Because it's so, it, it is a really complicated phase. I, I mean, I think we all know that, but like once you experience it, I know once I experienced yeah. it too, it is so much more challenging and really hard on the relationship in a lot of ways. So yeah, I think really being solid on that why and feeling solid on a team and that is yes. so that's, important. That's so important. I think if yeah. you can get your – because having a baby will absolutely rock your world as a couple. <laughs> yep. Yeah. whoever says it doesn't uh I don't know ask them again <laughs> like, <laughs> right um, right like say even, think about it yeah yeah like even the most and I remember being in such a good place with my husband um especially through pregnancy it was COVID so we were alone together a lot and it was just such nice. a special time and yeah. I was like oh my god this is just gonna be so blissful and yeah. and calm when we have the baby oh my god after like a weekend, I was right. like, "Why aren't you helping me right now?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> and like he was, he was stress so levels on. increase. Yeah, yeah, and he was so hands on. But like your hormones and and oh, I just remember yeah. like I can't imagine not having a strong foundation and in going into this right. because it, I I fully understood why couples end up getting a divorce after having so kids and why they totally. completely fall apart. So having your foundation be strong before having a baby, absolutely necessary. Right. And yeah, I think you hit on a nice note there of like, even for the healthiest couples, adding a little one to the family is going to bring up conflict. Um, There's going to be like real conflict because it is hard. Like you're adjusting to new things, you're juggling new routines and all of that. And then right, like both of you are just in these phases of transition. Of course, like neither of you are going to feel like fully mentally healthy. So that makes communication so much more challenging. So yeah, feeling like it's a really intentional choice, I think can, can make all of the difference in that. Yeah. And doing your own work, I think, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes people think that going to therapy is only a last resort when you're in crisis mode or something is happening. But I think doing the work before is where the magic happens. Like knowing what coping tools can you have when you are in hard times or having your communication be in a place where you know how to communicate with your partner. So when these things happen, you can have like a little check-in of like, hey, remember that thing we learned before we had the baby? Let's practice it. Yes. Um, I think that's very helpful too. Yeah. And and that hits on another question that I'd love um, for you to share a bit more on in that um, I know you and I as therapists are probably both on board with like therapy is great for like any time of your life. And it's not just in moments of crisis and all of that. But I think um, sometimes that can kind of still feel like therapy can feel like such a big deal of like, oh, we've got to be at rock bottom to be in therapy. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about like why therapy, whether it be individually or as a couple system, can be helpful just in these moments of transition, even if things are feeling pretty okay or maybe just a little bit stressful? Like, what are some benefits of therapy in in the contemplative phase as well as, like, during pregnancy as you're preparing for parenthood or, or during, you know, what, whatever process you're, you're on and adding some kiddos to your family yeah, system? Yeah, so I think that... Most of us, 
uh, weren't raised in a generation that even talked about therapy mm-hmm. or talked about feelings um, yeah. or were taught how to be assertive and you know, right. I can't say everybody, but most of us, yeah. I think the, yeah. the general consensus is like mo- most Absolutely. of us weren't taught these things. And because yeah. they didn't know better, they didn't have right. our, our parents didn't have the resources we have and the information yeah. that we had. So because we weren't, I think we now struggle communicating. Right. We struggle talking about feelings. Yeah. And a lot of those things are a reason a perfect storm for like conflict to happen in relationships. And so add a baby to that hormones and all these things happening. It's even harder to communicate. And oftentimes in therapy, I'll say something and you know, my client will be like, Oh, it makes sense now. Or like we connect the dots for them is what we do as therapists. Information that they know, but we just bring it to awareness. And so, and I think having a third person who doesn't have a bias, who is not emotionally connected to you can do that. And of course, professionally trained to give you tools. um, It can really, of course, (laughs) I'm very biased. It can really help. (laughs) Yes. Right. But yeah, I I mean, it, it sounds like a simple statement of like, it can really help. But yeah, it's like we need that space to just like process and be in that um yeah and a lot of times like in the in the postpartum phase Mm -hmm. especially for moms we have thoughts excuse me yeah no we have thoughts in the postpartum phase that can cause shame that can cause judgment that can Right. bring up a lot of things and so what happens when moms don't have someone to talk to that mm-hmm. is a safe place is right. they end up feeling so much shame and so much guilt yes. for even thinking for example right. what if I drop my baby or what if I hurt yes. my baby what mm-hmm. if um you know what if I'm what if I don't love my baby I don't right. love my baby all these yes. thoughts right And then you think, what's wrong with me? But if you have someone you talk to, Mm -hmm. you have your support team, you have a therapist, you see once a week, you get to go there and you get to say, I don't love my baby. And your therapist will say, okay, what's what's happening? Let's talk about it. I'm here. (laughs) Right. Right. And doing so in a way that isn't reinforcing shame. And I think what so many parents can feel, um, whether it be like, during pregnancy and you're not feeling connected to the process or, you know, in that newborn phase and you're not feeling connected to that process or, you know, anywhere around that, um, is we feel like we have to bottle it all inside because it feels like a, like quote unquote crazy thought. Um, but then when you talk with a therapist about it, your therapist may be like, that's a common thing. Normal. Yeah. (laughs) It's normal. Let's let's break it down. Absolutely. Um, and I think that kind of goes into, right, we, there might be a lot of societal norms out there that maybe aren't actually normal or they don't represent what the experience yes. is actually like. Um, and I, I want to go back on the word normal yeah. because I realize yes. I use that subconsciously. But Oh, totally. Yeah. Right. It's like a lot of things we hear and I'll have friends who'll tell me like, yeah. oh, I, you know, I don't actually like when people hold my baby. Right. And what I want to, and I want to use the word normal carefully, but you should be in a place where your mind is at ease and healthy 
where people can hold your baby. So the fact oh that you're, you're withholding from something that should seem natural, that means something's right. going on that, you know, therapy can help yes. with or support can help you with. Right. So when we talk totally. about, norm, I think the word common is better. Like, yes, it's very common, Yeah. but you shouldn't be going through that. Yes. And I think that's such a lovely thing to note, right? Um, and, and I love that example because that's certainly something that I noticed experiencing like when I was freshly postpartum. I, I expected to have anxiety coming yeah. into that because that's, that's, my, that's my thing. Sure. Um, <laughs> right? Like it sometimes postpartum just exacerbates those things. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I experienced that too in like having a lot of anxiety, not being so close to my little one and having other people hold her and stuff. And, you know, obviously in, in this field and my own training in perinatal mental health, I was like, okay, here's some postpartum anxiety showing up. Um, and processing that with a therapist was so helpful for me. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean we have to switch off that thought and become normal in a a way of like, Oh, I can feel comfortable with it. But looking at, Hey, what support can I have so that I can, transition into a place that feels a little bit healthier yeah yeah and it's all about like what that means for you like if you know there are certain actions that nobody can tell you what's right or wrong or if you choose to do something within your family that's your your thing to do but what therapy can do is challenge your thinking with the questions we ask so right. then you know why you're even doing that. Because oftentimes exactly. people don't even know. And when we dive in, we're like, okay, that's that's an anxious thought. You know, right. there's fear that someone yep. is going to hurt your baby, yes. which we can't live life that way. Otherwise, we're not right. going to <laughs> it's live. A, it's a very limiting right? way yeah. Way yeah. yeah. It's going to keep you from doing things. Totally. Yes. And I love that you named that like, processing that with a therapist can help you identify why that's showing up for you and then connect to what boundaries you do want to have. Um, which is kind of a nice segue. And another thing I'd like you to touch on a bit too is um, I think in our world, there's so many different expectations, right? Like there's this um, quote unquote, like norm of like, okay, first you find your partner, then you get married. And then, and then, you know, within the next year or two, you should be having children and, and feeling like we are basing our decisions and what we're doing based off these milestones. Um, and then we might also have ex- extended family who, um, might want you to have, you know, give them some grandkids right away, or they might also have expectations about how you should parent and all of that stuff, which can feel so complicated and messy. So I'm curious from your experience, what do you think are some things that can be helpful for, for parents and for, for couples together to work on so that they can challenge some of these societal expectations and come back to like, wait, what do we want to do? What feels like most important for us and our own wishes? I, I think number one is, the communication rather than like what it's even about for me is the most important like totally how are you communicating it with your partner is it like oh your family said this about you know doing this and that's you know I don't know whenever there's like shame or putting them down that's different than saying look and this is something my husband and I from day one set the foundation of your family is my family my family is yours Right. So if, if we mention anything about each other's family, yeah. we 
trained ourselves not to have like an immediate like don't talk about my parents like that's my parents right so we treat it as as if like the same way I would complain about my own parents is the same uh yeah and I think that's really set the foundation of us not fighting about it um and just being very respectful like yeah your partner's parents are mm-hmm. his parents like those are his right. parents and so yeah. there there is there has to be respect when we talk about families yes. and boundaries uh, especially right. if there's a cultural component too totally the yeah. respect is you know very important in some cultures of like elderly yeah. and all right. those things but for me, it's about how the couple is communicating, right? Like if something yeah. bothered you or if there's a boundary that needs to be set, approach your partner with respect, care, love. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's going to be a better result there than if you go at it right. from an angry place. Totally. Yeah. And I love, um, it's so nice to hear that like you and your partner really look at like, okay, this is, this is our whole family because yeah. then it can shift out of this um, very common struggle that couples and families face. It's like, it feels like a battle of the families of like, my family wants to do it this way. My family wants to do it this way. And instead coming together and being like, okay, like here are all the different perspectives that others might be expressing to us. Like let's hold space and get curious with what those are. And, and then no matter what, it's coming back to what feels best for us. Um, and yeah, Absolutely. it's going to be balancing that, of course, with that level of respect, but knowing that yeah. what suits us better is going to be um, healthier than just having kids because you feel like you're supposed to have kids at this point. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and it goes back to the why question of like, why now, right? Yes. Uh, is it because everybody's pushing us or is it mm-hmm. because we love each other and we are we have this like good relationship going and it's healthy for the most part right. and we just want to spread that love and have a baby and that's different totally. than yes. okay well and you know of course for a woman um there's a biological aspect and I think yeah. that's a worry for a lot of people right absolutely but again the why I think bring, ties it all back together of like yes. why now why now Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and you named that like biological aspect and, and the timing complications and stuff. And so um, another question that shows up, I think, for a lot of uh, couples is that um, sometimes the, the process, like once you decide like, OK, now is the right time and we do want to, you know, get pregnant or whatever route they're taking is. And that process maybe doesn't end up feeling as easy as they expected. I know that was my experience. We had infertility for three years before getting, you know, our our first kiddo and and thank goodness we did and everything. Um, But that can be such a complicated process for couples, right? You start off with so much excitement and hope and then it's like, oh, it didn't work the first month (laughs) and what do we do now? Um, So are there things that you think can be helpful for individuals to like hold space for their own process in that like uncertainty Mm -hmm. as well as like for couples to feel like they can be you know still connected in the process even when they're maybe also feeling that stress of like not having that control that of course we would all like to have yeah I think what's really important in in moments like that is the support you have from each other Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of couples instead of turning towards each other might turn away from each other totally um and that can come from the other partner not 
validating the experience yeah. let's say if you know if the if the woman is preg- is trying to get pregnant and she mm-hmm. can't um right. sometimes they feel like their husband doesn't understand what their body is right. going through right and so you're I feeling think, so much more than their partner yes feeling. yes yeah. and so sharing the grief sharing mm-hmm. the uh, experience yeah. talking about it and right. and also having a partner who either learns how to validate mm-hmm. um or being very upfront of like when I'm crying to you yeah. this is what I need please give right. me a hug don't yes. tell me it's gonna get better don't tell me it's gonna happen yes just right. give me a hug <laughs> yes and these things and by the like, way yes, that advice that advice applies to all seasons of life. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Like so often in, in all of our relationships, but I know on this topic in, in partnership, it's like it's it's not about problem solving and it's not about sometimes finding this false hope if you're not in a moment of feeling hopeful, but it's just connection, right? Like communicating, holding space for for the grief or the uncertainty, anxiety, whatever is there. And and yeah, like a hug is going to be so much more helpful most of the time than like writing down a list of problem solving things yeah. and what to do. There might be a time and space that you want that and you can ask exactly. for that. But when you just want a hug, you can ask for that hug. Yeah. And it's about really, I think what I'm trying to say is being yeah. verbal about your needs, because a right. lot of times we expect our partners to just get it, especially Absolutely. when it's like a shared experience and you're like, okay, yeah. you're going through this too. But you're right. not giving me what I need in it. So you have yes. to be vocal because your partner can't read your mind as much right. as we'd like to think they can. Yes. They cannot. We love that, right? But they cannot. Yes. yes. They cannot. And, and yeah, so there's another great space for therapy, right? Like individual therapy can help us learn like... Hey, wow, we're what? not biased at all, huh? <laughs> right, right. Not at all. Um, but it I can agree. be so nice I to, agree. yes, then then Absolutely. be like, why am I struggling to communicate this? And what are some things that I can practice doing that? Or couples therapy, right? To say like, okay, let's have this hour every week or every other week where we're bringing to the table the stuff that might be hard to bring up outside of session. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and then we build the skills and we bring them forwards. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I know I, I always come back to the therapy thing, but it's, um, I think in these times of transition, and I know, of course, we're biased because we, we love holding yeah. space for these times yeah. of transitions. But um, I think our society doesn't always do a great job at just allowing for it. Um, a lot of times yeah. there's just these kind of like, toxic positivity messages of like if you just try hard enough and if you just relax yeah. and be hopeful enough it'll all work out and, yeah um that's not always how it feels no absolutely yeah. yes yeah. well that validate and again if maybe if we were given those tools and we were validated as kids yeah. and feelings and vulnerability were something we grew up with right. maybe we could communicate that way yes but most of us weren't and unless you're in therapy or you're married to a therapist or or unless you've done like you know you've read books not even necessarily therapy yeah sorry unless you've done the work you're not going to have that language right yes and it's so spot on and like I have this hope for future generations as so much of us 
are doing our own work and are being so much more intentional in how we parent. Um, my hope is that, um, yes, Listen, there, they'll still be, be there. They'll be there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and we'll still need it. And that's going to be great, yeah. but that we will grow up or not we, but our, our future children will grow up yeah. in a way that where it's like, Oh, like I, I already know how to most of the time hold space for my emotions and communicate what I need. And, I think that's going to make a, a world of difference. Um, that's exactly where I'm at yeah. too. My hope is, yeah. you know, and we don't, I mean, I don't parent perfectly at all, right. but oh, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try my best to like, my goal is to really validate feelings and hold space right. for them and yeah. work on myself when I'm emotionally triggered by what's happening with the right. tantrums. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my son is three and he'll be like, I'm not happy right now. Like yeah. he's starting to have words oh, and I oh my God, that. my therapist heart just feels yes. so happy. It's like, oh, this is what I want. Yes. 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 Oh. And making him feel okay with, you know, feelings not being happy right. and pleasant all the time. Like if he yes. sees me frustrated or yep. sad, he'll be like, mama, be happy. And I'm like, it's okay for me not to be happy all the yes. time. Like. So just, oh, I, I have a lot of, a lot of hope. And by the way, I have a lot of moments that are not like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> we all, right? Those are just some highlights. Yes, yes. Those are just some highlights. But yeah. yes, my hope is that, of course, if, if my son ever needs therapy or wants to go to therapy, yeah. I'm sure, you know, he's going to have parts of him that he's going to want to work on. Right. But my hope is that this generation really grows up with the language that we didn't have. Instead yes. of saying, you make me upset, maybe we can say, I notice I'm having some things coming up for me mm-hmm. and I need to take a pause before I continue this conversation. Right. That's my goal. <laughs> yes. And I think that's so lovely. And yes, like we can, we can recognize like, yeah, in the future, my kid's probably going to need to go to therapy for something that I did in parenting. Yes. But yeah. it's probably not going to feel like as much of a barrier, right? They're yeah. probably going to, you know hopefully, or at least my goal is like, if they need therapy or if they need extra support, being able to identify that and feel comfortable accessing those supports. Um, Absolutely. I think for our generation growing up, maybe wasn't such a common thing to, to feel okay about. Absolutely. Yes. Um, And I think that's part of this too, is um, I'm sure anyone listening probably is, is either, you know, in this realm or something and and trying to be intentional about it. And I think if we as parents can be intentional about, yeah, what does growing my family look like? And how can I be as prepared as possible and be as mindful as possible, which is not going to be perfect. We're all going to have our moments. Um, But I think that that is going to make a huge difference for our kiddos down the road too. Yeah. And really preparing for this transition, I think is, yeah. key and kind of overlooked um you know when mm-hmm. you're pregnant you take all these classes like birth class right. and yeah. maybe a lactation class and a sleep yeah. training class but mm-hmm. where is the class about postpartum and what right. that entails yes. and like a postpartum plan you know I absolutely think that's so necessary to talk about and right now I mean since I became really passionate about this my main yeah. thing was like I want to prepare pregnant Mm -hmm. parents pregnant moms for what is to come 
And I had a lot of friends who were like, you know, that because I have two best friends who don't have kids yet. And Mm -hmm. every time I talk about it, I think I've scared them so much. So they're like, yeah, you know, you're you're putting a negative spin on this. I'm like, no, it's not about a negative spin. It's about being honest about what isn't talked about. Nobody told me that you are going to be crying randomly and I'm a therapist and I didn't know this right I didn't know that the first few weeks I'm just going to be sobbing out of control for no reason right Um, like it's just your hormones are all over the place and that I'm gonna have a moment where my baby's crying and I'm gonna pass him on to my husband and say I I'm 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 getting really aggravated right now take him yeah and I remember feeling personally so much shame and so Mm -hmm. much like confusion because I've always been a very patient person I've always been very calm um and to have that kind of reach inside of me yes oh I feel you on that it feels I was so confused yes and then we think oh I'm a bad person um for being angry with my baby right now or being angry with the situation um because we're kind of told that postpartum, we're going to feel all these emotions, but it's just going to be about how much we love our baby and how happy and blissful we are. And I don't think there's enough named of like, when you are running off of two or three hours of sleep at night and your body is physically recovering from childbirth and you and your partner have this little stranger living in your home now, um, stuff gets real really quick and it feels yes. very complicated and it Yes, you, of course, maybe hopefully have some of those moments of like, oh, this is so wonderful and all of that. But there's probably going to be more moments that feel really tough. Mm -hmm. So I I would love you to speak a little bit more about on, yeah, what um, new parents can kind of be prepared for, right? And like leading up to having that kiddo, right? Whether it be, you know, during pregnancy or whatnot, like what are some things that um, individuals and couples can be intentional about and being prepared for not necessarily like be prepared for the worst, but, but yeah, being realistic of like, okay, what conversations do we need to have so that we do have kind of a cope ahead plan in place if things feel hard, which, because they're going to, right? Yes. Um, you know, I, I have couples who I've worked with like when they were married and then they started trying and expecting. And I, I try to guide them, you know, of course, yeah. teaching those valuable communication skills of right. when you feel triggered, you mm-hmm. know, how are you going to communicate this? And right. then in regards to preparing for a postpartum, like asking questions that you might not think about unless yeah. you're doing something like this. So right. I'll ask, you know, who's going to make the meals? Yep. Is it yeah. someone from the family that's going to help? Mm-hmm. Is it the dad that's going to help? Because dad is going to be helping you like right. probably doing other stuff. So yep. he's going to need help too. <laughs> yes. So just really breaking it down because a lot of times, I mean, I just know we were so clueless going into it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to, and I'm trying to not to inflict fear or like increased yeah. fear. I'm trying to just talk about the reality of things mm-hmm. and making sure there is a plan in place, like support right. pl- people I even yeah. talk about looking into financially if you can right. hire somebody like yeah. a night nanny or a night right. nurse. 
Um, and talking about that now when you're pregnant, instead mm-hmm. of like, it's week one and you're like, oh my God, what's happening? We need help. Right. <laughs> Find anybody, <Yes>. somebody. <laughs> right. And it's like, because even if you feel like you know what it's going to be like, maybe you've had a sibling who's had a kiddo and you're like, oh, I kind of know. Yeah, that was tough. You don't get sleep. You need help with meals or whatever. But okay. but yeah, I, I like that you note um, looking into some different like options for support as needed, even just to know what they are ahead of time so you can feel like, hey, we've already had that conversation and we can circle back to that as we need. Because um, I didn't know that there was such a thing as like, night nannies or night doulas and then looking back I'm like it would have been really helpful to just have someone that could be there and helping us like clean bottles or different things so that we don't have that extra step in the mix um yeah and you don't yeah and even until you're in it right exactly and just knowing like okay these are the costs of that so we know maybe we put money aside while we're pregnant for just that yeah um or, you know, we talk about what our date night is going to yeah. look like. What is time together going to look right. like? Um, just things that aren't talked about mm-hmm. enough. Or, you know, of course, at some point I educate them about the differences between postpartum anxiety and depression, right. uh, rage, mm-hmm. and even just talking about it. One, right. for the partner to know, like, when yeah. your wife says, please take the baby that yeah. you now know because we talked about it in therapy five yes. months ago and hopefully you remember. Yes. <laughs> and you say, okay, she's going through the intrusive thought right, right now. I'm just going to take the baby yeah. and take care of the baby until yes. she's okay to come back. Right. And I think, yeah, having those conversations ahead of time, even though you can't fully predict what everything is going to look like, it helps you clue in to like what might be going on and what is needed. Um, Cause I think a mm-hmm. common thing and, and something that showed up in, in my relationship is I'm like, okay, take the baby. And then my husband's like, okay, let me finish this one thing and then I'll help out. And it's like, no, like I, yeah. I, I need help now. <laughs> like now yes. is the moment. Yes. Um, and yeah. so having those conversations ahead of time to know, Hey, when I express this, this is what I really need. Right. It's not just, yes oh, hey, like I need a little self-care break. Can you come help in a moment? But it's like, hey, I really need a break right now, right? And so both parties are are aware of what that looks like and and can jump in. Mm -hmm. And it's still going to be stressful, and that's okay, but you're going to feel like, okay, we're speaking the same language at least, right? Yes, and and talking about self-care too. I think that's, you know, definitely overlooked like making sure you do the things you need to do and it really comes down to support it takes a village to raise kids it does um and sometimes you know couples don't have family around and so and that's when we talk about okay let's talk about external help is it hiring help is there a friend that you can you know ask to help in the first Mm -hmm. few weeks is it um, like, you know, for the dad to take some time off work right. if that's possible? Yeah. Just really talking about all the things that can set us up for success right. in a really hard time. Yes. Um, and I, even using the word success doesn't feel right because yeah. it's just, it's survival mode. But it like is. really yeah. anything that can help um, it be slightly better, I think is just right. important to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I I think it's lovely to name that like it's not necessarily going to feel like success um, because it's it's not right. It's going to feel like 
okay, we are surviving and we're maybe in a little bit less yeah. of a crisis mode than otherwise. And, and knowing that that's not going to be a forever period of time, it's not always going to feel like this. But right now there is so much transition, whether it's your first kiddo or you're now adjusting to having a second kiddo and caring for two little humans while you've also got a newborn there. Um, And that it, it feels complicated and it feels messy. And so to really have these conversations and be intentional ahead of time, um, and yeah, you're not, again, going to be able to predict everything that you're going to need. But yeah, to be able to identify, okay, what boundaries do we think might be helpful? How do we communicate these needs? And I think it's so helpful to name, what is our village? Uh, What does that look like? Some people's it's going to be really strong and in place. Uh, For some, sometimes we have to kind of create that village a little bit. But to do that ahead of time, and it doesn't mean we necessarily know exactly what we're going to need from everybody, But maybe that means bringing them into some of the conversations, too, of saying, hey, we might need this, or this might be a boundary we're needing. Um, You're not going to totally know exactly what that is until you're you're in it, but to initiate that conversation ahead of time so that, right, for example, if, uh, let's say, you have a mother-in-law in in town, it might be saying, hey, I don't know if we're going to need as much help with meals or not, but... Can we ask you for help if if that shows up? Or can we ask you to come yes. watch the baby yes. while we sleep or, you know, whatever it is? Right? Yeah. yeah. And I, and look, the village also consists of, like, making sure that you still have your own yes. therapy, your own yes. couple's therapy. Um, even if it's, you know, and thank God for virtual now, oh, yeah. virtual sessions, because yeah. that's a... That's uh, really helpful, especially in the postpartum phase. Yes. Um, But keeping that in place to Mm -hmm. have even that 50 minutes, like, during the week where you get to sit and say, like, what is happening? How do, what is this about? And just having a place where you can just talk about it. Yes. Um, That's also part of the village. Like, I think the village is, you know, uh, having a feeding specialist Mm -hmm. who and that's also resources like yeah. are very important when yes. I prepare parents right. uh, because I know my lactation consultant mm-hmm. was so helpful yeah. and she had no judgment yes. and like when I said I can't do the same more mm-hmm. she's like okay mama let's do this yes. let's switch to formula it's time yes. and she was so helpful and yeah. so she was part of my village yes I think yeah. that's so helpful to know and name because I think for me going in it, I knew some of the village pieces I needed, right? Like family or friends that I knew would be a support. And of course, like booked in sessions ahead of time with my therapist and all of that. Um, but right. There's some other things that we might need that are kind of hard to research in the moment, right? For, for us, we also had uh, our fair share of feeding challenges from the beginning. And then I'm like, online searching in a panic of like who is going to be a lactation consultant that I'm going to feel comfortable with um yeah I didn't feel super supported by the ones at the hospital because it was like this like Mm, quick turnover session and I'm like okay we've got we had we've got tongue ties and all this complicated stuff I need some more support um and so it can that might also be a part of a nice like preparation plan it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have all these people booked in but you might have them bookmarked right to to say yeah okay, if you run into these yeah. things who can we connect with um yeah what supports can be there and you know you can't your pediatrician is there to keep your baby healthy yeah. I think there are aspects that they're not like 
you know, sleep training Absolutely. or lactation, like it's not their specialty. Yep. Right. Um, and so I think you check in with your pediatrician yeah. about these things and same with mental health, yeah. right? Like, you know, with their primary, right. like, yes, you check in with them, yeah. but there are people who are designated for these right. jobs. Yeah. So I think that's important to consider because they are not the experts. Right. The experts are the experts. Yes. Yeah. And like, and, and Instagram is not the expert. Yeah, Instagram is not the expert. It might help you identify yeah. like, oh, hey, this person had a OT for their kiddo. Maybe that's an option I can do too. Yes. But it, it's not like we're going to get all that information online. And and yeah, I think it is important to know that like your pedi- as much as we wish um, our pediatrician would have all of the answers – there's no possible yeah. way they even could, right? Like they can't do all of their training about like illnesses and, and things that like yeah. you expect your pediatrician to know as well as lactation stuff and feeding stuff and, yeah. you know, other physical things that might be going on with your kid or whatever. And so it can be helpful to just gain a little awareness. Um, and, and if you're working with, you know, speaking kind of to the people who are listening yeah. here, like if you're working with a therapist who specializes in perinatal mental health and stuff, they might have some good insights. I know I certainly like to kind of, and, and it sounds like you do too, kind of suggest like, hey, here are some resources and, and some people, professionals that you might want to be a part of your village. And to know that yes. it might not seem like the thing that's talked about all the time in our world. And yet they can be just so yeah. incredibly helpful to like have those experts yeah. that that's their thing and that's what they really yeah. love doing and then they can help support you and in your family yeah. in that. Absolutely. And the lactation consultant I work with who's mine yeah. is now like completely covered by uh insurance. Oh, nice. Like all sessions are covered. Lovely. So I'm so happy. That's great. For her and now I'm even talking about it more because I'm like, this can actually yes. be covered by your insurance. Like that's awesome. Yes. Which is so great. And yeah. I think also helpful yes. to name like the financial stress that comes yeah. with growing your family and we live in a nation that isn't um isn't great about supporting all the different facets yeah. of healthcare that we need so I know we can't really fix that in any way but I just want to name that like of course that's that's a challenge and that can feel really complicated yeah um Absolutely. and it's great to yeah have conversations with your partner about like okay what what can we allocate financially to to boost up our village and then what other things do we need to do when when we maybe don't have all of the financial resources that we need there yes absolutely lovely well that kind of covers all of the the questions that I had here it was so like you you just provided like so much really helpful information um and I can imagine like all of the individuals and couples that get to work with you are so lucky to have that foundation and support there Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed talking to you about these things because, yes. like I said, it's not talked enough about. Absolutely. So I'm happy to share. Yeah. yeah, I think it's great that it's like starting to become more of a a, a common topic yes. to be explored because it it yes. needs it, right? Absolutely. Yes. Well, I will put like your links and stuff in um, the like bio of this episode. But for those listening, what are the best ways to reach with and connect with you and and if they live in your state like how can they connect with you if they'd be interested in working with you too sure you can find me on my instagram at therapy with guyana that's g-a-y-a-n-e 
explore on my website, uh, therapywithguyana.com. And I do free phone consultations if you want to see if we are a good fit for each other. Uh, you can send me a message and we can connect that way. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining yeah. on this episode. I'm sure everyone who's listening is, is just loving all of the information that you shared with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.